This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello! 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 Hi! Howdy! Whoa. Aloha! You just made that all peaky. Bonjour! <laughs> Bonjour, me me friendsies. Welcome, welcome to the Godless Revolution. <laughs> Today's Thursday, January thirtieth. This is episode two hundred eighty-two. I'm Dan Ellis. I I am Ryan Duffy. I'm Matt. <gasps> Matt's here. There's another voice. Matt's here. Yay! Yay! So, uh, what's what's been going on with you fellers? Well, my my life's been the same. Uh huh. But. I, I wanted to make a plug right now for something of someone else's. You're making a plug? Is it a yeah. butt plug? A wooden butt plug with epoxy on it that makes it all smooth and colorful? It is. Easily tr- inserted? It is a Trump type thing. Oh. So it is a butt plug. Maybe. Oh. But you know, like Cards Against Humanity and all those things? Uh-huh. A buddy I went to high school with uh, is making his own card game mm-hmm. called the Trump Roast. Like a rump roast, but a Trump roast? Actually, that's what the photo is on the box. Like a tea rump roast? The photo is his hair being sliced up like a roast. Oh, nice. Um, But it takes, like, political platforms, uh-huh. and then you have cards that are things that Trump has said, and you got to make the best combination of, well, this is something political, what would Trump say? So it's like Cards Against Humanity put into a Trump form. I don't understand wind. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) Shit like that. So uh, Let's light some stuff on fire. That always works well. He's doing pretty good. So, I mean, he started it uh, yesterday. And he's at $3,000 of the $15,000 he's trying to raise to uh, get the game out there. Nice. We'll we'll put a link for it in the the show notes. I, 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 I bought, well... I did a backing, so I hope it succeeds. Yeah. And Sarah did one because she wants to have one she can give away. Oh, yeah? She even said, maybe I'll give it to you guys. You guys can give it away on the show or something. <laughs> yes, I will, uh, I'll make a little note here for myself to add this to the show notes so that we will for sure do that. And it, it looks funny. Yes. And it makes fun of Trump, so I like it even more. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that'll be, that'd be cool. I'll have to check it out. It sounds interesting. Uh, I think I, as I was scanning through Facebook stuff, I, I think I saw yeah, you I, I post put up a something link about to that, it, but I didn't yeah. really have a chance to look at it a yeah. whole lot. Yeah, I thought, I thought, we don't normally plug stuff on here. We don't get paid to plug anything. We don't want to get paid to plug anything. But if it's something I thought was funny yeah. and interesting and worthwhile, I'm going to say something about it. And it's, it's a friend of yours who's yeah. doing a fun thing that we... We agree with as far as mocking the fucking douchebag in the in the White House. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Super duper. And you brought me a mug today. I did. It was really cool. I like it's, it a lot. Then I was gonna. I wanted to have it done for last week, but then plans went all fucky. Plans went awry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but I got it done this week. Very cool. Thank you very yeah. much, man. That's that was very kind of you. That's You're welcome. Nice. I like it a lot. And how about you, man? 
You've been gone a couple of weeks. I know. So, so concerned for you. Have you? And how was your birthday? It was good. It was really good. I got a PSVR. Oh, that's right. So I've been going from back and forth between that virtual reality and planning my suicide. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So what's what's been happening? (laughs) What's that? I said, that doesn't sound like a good game. Oh, it's, it's a good game. (laughs) (laughs) The planning of your suicide is a good game. Mm. (laughs) It's one of those things. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's been, it's been fun. Yeah. So where do you you want to talk about why you haven't been here or do you know, not want to? That's literally why. Oh, really? Yeah. Because you were planning your suicide? That's literally why. Oh, damn it. I still kind of am, but it's, I talked to my doctor about things, so yeah, it's a little better. So what, what, uh, what, did, what had you come up with as a plan? Well, definitely not drowning because, yeah. uh, that sounds awful. Yeah. And not jumping. Suffocating I'm sucks. I'm so afraid of heights. Yeah. Well, you're afraid of heights for a reason because they're dangerous and don't go up to high places. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Dude, there's a guy that survived jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge. I know. I watched that documentary where the guy was following all the jumpers from the Golden Gate Bridge for a year and he was taking all the videos of them. Did he like just demolish almost every bone in his body he, when that happened? Yeah, he was fucked up and I remember in that one the hospital called his father the father got a call from the hospital saying, "Hey, um, your son jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. Your pile of goo jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. And he I mean, thought, when he heard that, his first thought was, oh, fuck, they need me to go identify his body. Yeah. And his next line was, he's alive, but he's in intensive care. Like, holy sh... Like, how... Yeah, internal organs fucked up, I mean, you broken would just, bones. That would basically almost just liquefy you, yeah. right? Like, you hit at about 75 miles an hour. Yeah, that's... And, and it's not like it's a cushiony... Yeah. No, kind of. And it's not like you're going to be conscious after you hit either. Right. But this yeah. guy was. He hit and he regained consciousness so he didn't drown. Right. But he was fucked up. Well, yeah. Jesus. So so you said not drowning, mm-hmm. not heights. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have any firearms, so that's good. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, Even though that, that would scare me anyway. I don't know why. Yeah. Just because I guess because when I was in rehab years ago, I knew a guy that survived Russian roulette. Oh. And he was all fucked up. And so it's kind of scary to me, but. Yeah. Uh, Probably hanging. Is that, is that a lot different than drowning? Like. Yeah. What makes it different than drowning? Well, I've, I've, we played that game in high school where you or, like choke each other out. Oh, or whatever, yeah, yeah. You know? so, out, yeah. So. It's not that bad. It's only a few seconds, yeah. really. And that's what Robin Williams did. Yeah. Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. Chester Bennington. A bunch of my heroes, yeah. 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 <laughs> Legends. So is that what you <laughs> So is that what you figured you would do or probably. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So is there what was there something that uh pre- precipitated this this current state of, of thinking about actively harming yourself? Well, being, being suicidal is like, not just like a, it's not like a temporary thing. It's, it's like always been there. You know, it's kind of like, I've joked about it for years because it's a passive thing. That's always in my mind, you know? Yeah. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, is it, 
is it kind of like, uh, you know, like being addicted to something like, you know, you can say, well, I'm, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Like you're, there's always that addiction there. It's always something in the back of your mind that you're thinking about. It's always like, it's, it's a part of who you are. I, I think so. I, I think of it as it's almost like a separate entity. It's like, it's connected with depression, but you know, it's like 90% of suicides are people with depression mm-hmm. and 75% of them are males. So it's like high risk. Yeah. I'm like high risk anyway, but, mm. but, um, depression and suicide are like this separate entity that changes the way you view the world completely. I mean, it, it makes you think there aren't any other options. It makes you think that nothing's going to change or ever get any better. This is, this is the way it's always going to be. It's not, there's no hope. There's no, there's no, nothing to look forward to. There's you don't get excited about anything, even stuff that you used to enjoy doing. Like you're just miserable and that's how it's going to be forever. So it's kind of like, you know, plus you start thinking like, well, you know, it's hard, it's hard enough to just go to work and do the necessary things. Like everything's overwhelming when you're depressed too. Mm. You just want to be in bed all day. And so you feel like a burden to everybody. Like you, you would just be better off if you could, if you could go away and then they could move on, you know, that feels like the noble thing to do because you're holding them back, you know, like they're not getting to enjoy their full life and love because of your disease. Mm. And so you, you just start feeling like it would be better if I wasn't here because then she would get to move on or, you know, whatever. So there's all that going on. And so it's just, you know, it's a bad deal sometimes. Yeah. I know I would miss you a lot. I'm sure Mm. your wife would miss you a lot and your kids would miss you a lot. Is, is there, is there anything that we can do to help? Well, that's not why I brought it up or anything. Oh no, yeah, I'm not. I I don't think that that is why you brought it up. But I, but like, I am genuinely curious because it has, you know, when you didn't show up the the one week and you said, "Oh, I'm not going to be able to make it," and I thought, "Oh, well," you didn't go into any detail, and you're kind of closed off, right? Like you're not, you don't, yeah. you don't share a lot of personal detail about yourself. Well, and, I do on the show. Do you? Don't I? No. I mean, look at <laughs> what we're talking about right now. Well, well yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah. this is this is kind of a rare exception to the rule that oh. Matt isn't very open about his personal life. I mean, you've been, op- you've definitely been open about, uh, depression on the show Yeah, and, and sharing, yeah. sharing that. Yeah. A little, yeah. But like, so, so when you didn't show up, I thought, Oh, you know, you didn't give any, de- any detail. And I thought, well, you know, Matt usually doesn't like to talk about that kind of stuff or what's going on in his life. And I don't, I like, I don't want to intrude or, or feel like I'm, you know, making you talk about stuff that you don't want to talk about. And so for me, it's like, do you know, how, how, how many questions should I ask or how, mm-hmm. how should I deal with this in the future? And so then when, you know, when there's no detail, then it's like, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll probably just see him next week when he comes on the show and we can talk about it then. And then when you didn't come for that show either, and you said you were just dealing with some stuff, I thought, oh, well, maybe your mom was mm. sick. You know, we know that your mom is, is sick and, and, uh, you know, has, has health issues. And, uh, so I thought, well, maybe that's it. And then I know that you have a history of depression, but 
it wasn't it wasn't the the messages that I got from you weren't like I'm having some issues that I'm dealing with. It was that I'm dealing with stuff. So it right. was it was more of an externalized thing, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't I'm dealing with my stuff. It was I'm dealing with some stuff. And so I figured that it wasn't something to do with you. And so I thought, oh well, he's dealing, you know, dealing with whatever with his family or work or whatever was going on. Um, and so that's when I said, well, you know, let me know if there's anything I can do to help. And I think you just said, okay, or something like that, but thanks or something. Yeah. 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 And so I, I remember when we had Regina in here and it was, mm-hmm. you know, and I asked her, I'm like, so what do we do with somebody that we care about who is thinking about it? And she said to just ask him about it. So I'm, so I'm asking like, <laughs> oh. like, you know, what, what were your plans? How are you feeling now? What can we do if there's anything that we can do? Well, so I had this appointment with my psychiatrist for Wednesday, uh, just this last Wednesday. Like yesterday? yesterday? Yeah, okay. yesterday. Oh. <laughs> I forget, uh, I've, I've been forgetting my days of the week too. So, don't yeah. worry. so I just kind of, I kind of knew that was out in front of me, you know? So I just like left that, let that be there for the thing that I would look forward to, like go to, that's the next thing I got to get to. Yeah. So that I have one, you know, the one, one thing out there because depression really does blind you to everything. I mean, it, it just, you just get focused on how to not be such a pain in the ass to everybody or how to, you know, you just, you just get, you just get tunnel vision on, on suicide. Well, and it, and it colors everything, right? It, yeah. it colors your perception of everything else in the world and, and what people are thinking and, and saying and doing and, you know, if they're concerned about you and like you said, if you're, you know, you get feeling like you're holding people back and maybe it would be better if you were just gone. I'm here to tell you that I would be very sad if you were gone. I, mm. I wouldn't be better for me. It would, it would really suck. And that may be selfish of me to say that if this is something that you want, but I would miss you a lot. It would, it well, would thanks, suck. Man. <laughs> it would suck a lot. I would, I would be very, very upset by it. It would, I would be really sad for a very long time. And I'm getting sad thinking about it now, but, um, is there anything we can do? Well, I doubt it. I just have to, like, I, I have another appointment, you know, for next week. Cause he's, it was, it was like three weeks out. Um, but he's more concerned than that. So I got to see him another week. So next Wednesday. So I got to see him. Another <laughs> week. This fucking guy. No, I like him. He's good. <laughs> but, uh. So, you know, I just, I have that out in front of me so I can, you know, just claw my way to that appointment and then try to think of other things or make other things that I can, you know, get out in front of me that might be something worth getting to some goal to to reach, you know, but, but, you know, it does suck because that, that's, that's like not even doing anything to progress my life or make, make my life. I mean, it is in a way, but, but like, it's not it's nowhere near how active I should be mm. toward bettering my life. And, you know, in all these other areas besides just mental health, but well, but the depression makes it that much more I know. difficult to do it. Right. I know, but it's yeah. not, but not only is it unfair to me, it's unfair to my whole, everybody that's in my life that depends on me too. You know, it's not fair to Danielle and Rhett and Brandon and, uh, and you know, the people that I'm with all the time because I should be doing more, for our lives and, you know, making our house better and, you know, 
fixing stuff and cleaning stuff and, you know, whatever. It's like, I can't even do the basic stuff. I just go from appointment to appointment, looking forward to trying to get to that and staying alive to be to my next appointment. But you know, it's, uh, that, that weighs on you too, because you feel like you're really not contributing and that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's like one day at a time, right? Where you just, you do have to set goals for yourself or things that you are looking forward to, or, or, you know, it's, it's okay. Well, this, this is coming up. I've got this to look forward to. And I remember when my, when my, you know, before my sister died and, uh, we were dealing with her multiple suicide attempts and, and what we could do to, to try to help her. It was, it was, you know, just giving her reminders of things to look forward to and, and making plans far out in the future where, you know, you, you said that you were kind of planning your suicide and it's like, okay, well, we should try to make plans with you past the date that you've, <laughs> that you've said as, <laughs> as this is the day it's going to happen. Right. Like after, after her, well, she had tried to, to kill herself a few different times, but then after she had shot herself, it was, you know, looking back, hindsight is twenty twenty, and there were all of these glaring yeah. alarm signals, right? Like, dates on her calendar you know with the with circled and stars around it and stuff like that like for the day that she had shot herself and she had put that on there like a month ahead of time like she had planned it for a while and so i was just looking for those things and so yeah i'm just i'm kind of at a loss like it's it's one of those things where i care about you a lot i I love you and it's it makes me sad that you're so sad and I know that's selfish, but it's, it's, I want you to feel better because it's making me feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> right. But at the same time, it's because I care about you and I don't, I don't want you to feel sad. And if there is anything that we can do that you can think of, I, I hope that you'll let us know. Well, I appreciate that. I, I I didn't mean for it to, to turn into this whole big deal, but oh no, well I mean it is a big deal though. Like, and I would I would much rather have this conversation with you and hope that there's a way to help you or or to get help for you than to not have the conversation at all and then one day you're just not here. Mm-hmm. And and I and I think it's probably good to put it out there too because there's tons of other people that are probably going through depression and feel alone or, you know, like, like, you know, other people aren't dealing with the same kinds of, you know, suicidal thoughts or they feel inferior because of them or, uh, you know, there's all kinds of complications with it. And so, you know, maybe, maybe they'll hear this and be like, oh, you know, other people have the bullshit too, you know, that they got to deal with all the time that sucks. I'm not the only one who's kind of miserable sometimes. I mean, that, that's not a big one for me really to know that other people have depression, but they, people say that a lot when they talk about it, you know, it's good for other people to know that. So maybe other people, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, those people are fucking silly. No, that's not what I mean. I just like, (laughs) it's a common thing to say. So maybe a lot of people do need that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, instead of, Putting your suicide date on the calendar. I don't have a date. Well, I mean, we don't want you to have one either. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But 
I mean, you said there's some things you'd like to have done around the house that like you feel might have been neglected is kind of how I was taking a little bit of just improvements that could be done. Make that the goal. Start working on a, I mean, find something, even if it's just small, be like, well, this won't cost much money. What can I do? What, what room of the house can I be like, hell yeah, I want to do this and get excited about. Yeah. But the problem is that like, you don't get excited. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's like, you don't have the energy you have. Like I have to take care of red all day and yeah. then I go to work all night. So uh, yeah, I have to, I don't even have enough energy to take care of him which makes me feel bad. And then I get into a depression and you know, it's a whole cycle. So it all just kind of, I just can't keep up with it. Yeah, it does. And then it's, well, geez, I feel bad that I, that I haven't been able to watch red. And then now I've got to go to work and there were these other things that I wanted to get done, but I didn't because Mm -hmm. I was depressed and just didn't like, I didn't have the mental energy to put into doing that. And then it makes it worse. And then you start stressing about all the things that you didn't get done and that start piling up. And then you don't sleep well. And then, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, it's a whole mess. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it, I mean, I, there are times that I have definitely felt depressed and, and, uh, have entertained for brief periods, thoughts like that. But I don't know. I, and I, I, I think I try to fool myself into thinking that it's, that it's, you know, a problem that other people have, but that I don't, but I do. I mean, I get, I get depressed and, and feeling blue <clears throat> a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Um, uh, when you, <clears throat> when you weren't here, uh, I'd been having a, <clears throat> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'd <laughs> going to be one of those shows. <laughs> damn it. I've been, I've been having a, a rough go of things <clears throat> for the last little while. And, uh, I'd just been, kind of blue and uh then we recorded a show and i had a great time you know i had a great time with ryan and and had a lot of fun recording the show and just sent ryan a message afterward and said hey you know thanks for coming over i've been feeling pretty blue lately and uh it was nice to just kind of you know sit down and rant for a while and you know not think about all of the other shit going on in my life. And so, you know, thanked him for coming over and, and giving me a respite from the rest of the bullshit in my mm-hmm. life lately. And so I, I understand how much it sucks. Like, and I don't want, and I don't want it to be like, oh yeah, well, I feel the same way too, blah, blah, blah. No, that's not it. It's that I can, I, I can empathize and, and, and know that it does spiral and it does get, just worse and worse. And it's like, how do you bring yourself out of it? And I'm just kind of trying to figure that out myself. Um, and a lot of the time it's that I just, I just kind of try to push it away and, and think about other stuff, but I don't know. Sometimes that's really hard to do. And, and I don't have as long a history with depression or anything that, that you do. And so, part of me asking these questions is kind of exploring, Hey, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what, what can I, what can I do to help myself feel better? Also, not just for the fact that I'm concerned about you, but that I'm concerned about myself a little bit too. And what, what, 
what can we say and do to help people, including me, <laughs> um, not be so bummed out about shit? Because the world's kind of a shitty place sometimes, mm-hmm. and shit happens, and I don't know. I, and I don't know. I've just been it's it's been a little dark mm-hmm. in my in my head for the last month or so, and I just keep trying to push it away. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering what you do to cope. Well, I don't know what your diagnosis is or what, if you have one that way or whatever, but with, I know with clinical depression, it's not a matter it's not possible to just push away. Yeah. Um, otherwise we would do that. We would just get Mm -hmm. over it, you know? Yeah. Um, or at least try really hard to do that. But, um, so it requires a couple of things. I mean, medication for people, for a lot of people, uh, and finding the right one is a bitch because sometimes you get on one like I just was over the last couple of weeks that makes you worse. Mm-hmm. The, the side effects are, do you might, might want to commit suicide, right? That, and that's the side effect that shows up. Then, you know, you've got, you've got double the, then that's the double desire, bad, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, like um, you're you're taking this this chemical or this drug to help and and to to try to mitigate or reduce thoughts of of self harm and a lot of the times it makes it worse. So that's definitely not a good not a good, not a good yeah. thing to be on. Yeah, so you, you got to battle through some of that, uh, you know, to to find one that can help a little bit. And the other thing is, you know, go see Regina Tippets. That helps too. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you could even go, she's close to you, dude. Yeah. She's like right over there. Yeah. <laughs> so should we so. go get her right now? No. <laughs> but she's really good to talk to and, yeah. um, therapy helps. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, like there's, you know, there's a, there's a fairly long history of, uh, depression and suicide in my family mm. and, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm at the point now where it's like, I'm starting to question if I've been depressed for a very long time. And if I've just kind of been in denial about it, or if I'm in denial that I'm in denial, like it's like, is it that big a deal that I'm feeling blue and you know, I just, everything seems to be kind of shitty and I don't really see much of, much of a way out of some of it. But if I just keep plugging, you know, if I just keep plugging, if I just keep trying to make things better day by day, just keep doing the things that I should be doing, that it will eventually get better. Or, and then I have those times where it's like, okay, well, I'm just been chugging along doing this for so long now and it's not getting better. So fuck now what? And I don't know. So I should probably go see somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I know I'm nowhere near, like, I don't want to make it sound worse than what. I, it's going to come out bad out of my head no matter what I say. I'm not <laughs> as bad as you are, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> so, like you said, I don't want to make it seem like, yeah, I'm doing the same thing, which we keep bringing up stuff like that. But I know for me, if we're just talking about this stuff, like, I think it was, well, after my first deployment, I was like, I went into a depression. It was just weird because I was like, always like, Hey, what the fuck are we doing? What the fuck are we doing? And I went to a point where it's like, nah, I'm just gonna lock myself inside. Yeah. And then it turned into, 
hey, another deployment, come back. Now I'm going to lock myself inside with a bottle of whiskey. Mm-hmm. And then it was just nothing but, okay, go to work, go back home, drink all day, go to work, go home, drink all day. And that was what I was doing for about two Pass years. Out. Drank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Drank. <laughs> I can I can remember one time a buddy came over and I was, he's like, I had already been drinking. He goes, hey, man, you want to have a couple drinks? I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go get some drinks. And I just fucking passed out on my own floor because I continued to drink heavily with him. It's like, fuck, that was fun, wasn't it? It's like, no, it really wasn't. <laughs> no, that was really stupid. That wasn't a great time at all. And I felt like shit the next yeah. day. Yeah. But at the same time, like my thing that I started doing, I'm like, well, fuck, man, let's, I got to start doing something. Like I got to find some way to engage my brain. I started doing artwork. Mm. I started doing oil paintings. I'm like, I'm going to get myself a fucking camera and I'm just going to go out. Because if I get a camera, I spend money on it. I'm going to force myself to get out and go hiking and go places and take photos. And it'll get me out of the house, get my mind on something else. And I did that for a while. And then it started going like, well, fuck, now I want to get more into backpacking. And I'm just going to spend all my time in the mountains. But at the end of the day, all my hobbies I get into, I realize one thing. They're, they're, they're by myself. Yeah. Mm. Like even the woodwork, I love doing this woodworking stuff, but I do it by myself. It's like, like I have friends that be like, oh, let me come over and do it with you. I'm like, yeah, yeah, come on over. I'm like, I'm not fucking calling you to come over because you're going to fucking make me take longer. <laughs> <laughs> or you'll fucking distract me so well, yeah, I don't get shit done. Distract or... me so I don't get shit done. It's like, now I run into, I've got so many ideas for things I want to make swirling around my head that my time gets taken up by like, oh, how do I do, I, I see something like, how does, how did they do that? I want to figure out how that was done and I want to do that. So I went from locking myself in a house, drinking all day to being like, shit, that looks cool. I want to figure out how to do that. And I'm going to go fucking do it. Mm-hmm. That's why I was like, that wood turning stuff looks fucking cool. I'm going to clean my garage and I'm going to build a wood shop in there. And work some overtime to afford tools. <laughs> <laughs> and now I just lock myself in my garage all day. <laughs> yeah. But I don't lock myself in the garage with a bottle of whiskey all day. Yeah. And I get to make some cool stuff and people like it. Yeah. And I get the satisfaction out of making something. I might think, I'm like, oh, that's kind of neat. But someone else be like, oh, man, it's really cool. Like, how did you do that? And I'm like, I get the satisfaction out of seeing other people's uh, satisfaction of things I've made by hand. So that's kind of the way I I, I kind of got out of my depression was seeing other people be happy about something I was doing. Yeah. But at the same time, I was never diagnosed with any kind of clinical. I don't go to doctors. Hmm. That's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> but on the other hand, too, you know, I, I mean, you might want to hear it or not. We all got these little fucking things that connect us to each other. Over long distances. And if you ever just want to fucking talk, even if you want to be like, hey man, what's your highest score on that VR game? I want to kick your ass on it. <laughs> I've gotten pretty good at that golf game. Did you? Mm-hmm. Is See, it fun? It is fun. Yeah. It look it, the, the previews of it made it look pretty fun. It's a little bit cartoony, but yeah, but it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, I have a natural slice and in the game I have a pretty wicked slice too. So I had to, I had to learn to close my club face quite a bit to get it to fly a little straighter in the game. So it's, it's true to life that way. Is there an online capability with that one? I think there isn't. I know that I haven't found a VR game yet. That's fucking online. 
that you can play with somebody. Yeah, you can play with someone right else. It's not this, right there. This one doesn't even have two player, so you can't yeah. you can't even play with somebody else right there. You just play by yourself. And that's the way most of them because they don't want you probably swapping the yeah, headset yeah, back yeah. and forth. And you can't. I don't think you can hook up two headsets to no. one system. So I kind of wish they would make games like that, like two-player, like, oh, I can go online and play with someone else. Yeah, it'd be fun. Well, didn't they make, like, a? I think there's a place, or a couple places here in Utah that, that do, like, VR gaming. Yeah, like there's a place in Provo that does it. Oh, yeah. I think it's Provo or American Fork. It's somewhere. There's one in Spanish Fork, too. That might be the one. I know they had opened, then they closed for, like, a year or two, and then they reopened. Then I heard the reason why they closed for a year or two was... The guys that worked and ran the place were so good at doing, like, 3D visualization special effects. Like, they got a call from, like, Pixar or Disney to go work on a film. So, like, fuck yeah, we're shutting this down <laughs> and putting all of our PC power over here to go mm-hmm. help this make this movie. And nice. then they came back. Huh. I have a lot of fun with the 360 videos on YouTube oh, in, yeah. the, in the VR. Like race cars or the aircrafts or or even just like documentaries about like elephants victoria falls (laughs) or whatever it is yeah Yeah. because you get all these aerial shots and you can look down and it's like you're flying around on your chair you're sitting on it's fucking sweet it's pretty cool scares the shit out of me sometimes (laughs) like so high i'm like i'm like in my chair and i'm doing this like look barely look over make someone do a roller coaster vr oh yeah without sitting in a chair yeah, you can make them fall over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you, have either of you guys gone to Top Golf yet? I haven't. I haven't. We went there uh, for my birthday party with friends uh, last Sunday. And this is the two level driving range or whatever? Uh, three. Right? Three yeah. levels? Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's three levels. And the one here. Um, and we got the third level in the bar area. It was pretty fun, but you were talking about heights and stuff, and Grant, who's been on the show several times, um, was there with us at Top Golf, and we're on the third floor, not really thinking about Grant being deathly afraid of heights, mm-hmm. and you know you're standing next Close to, to the, an edge, next to the edge that you're hitting your golf balls off of, and it was kind of funny just watching him hit the ball, and it was like. <laughs> Every time, every time he would swing, he'd hit the ball and then like immediately almost jump backward, <laughs> like away from the edge of yeah. the, like he's worried about his body weight flowing forward. Off yeah. The like, end. like just a, a quick swing and then, and then like almost falling backwards well, so that he wouldn't get anywhere close to the edge. There's a net at the bottom, isn't there? Yeah. There's a net in front of that yeah, edge. It might be fun. Well, and like a circus, well, like trapeze artist falling into the net. You guys have met Rob, right? Tony's husband, yeah, Rob. Yeah. Big, big Simone Rob. Yeah. I don't know if he should try to fall into it. And no. <laughs> well, he, he and I were standing there and he's like, so, uh, you think that would actually hold us? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, mm, I don't know. Probably best not to try it out though. That's yeah. just kind of funny. That'd be, that'd be crazy. But it was fun. Food was good. And, uh. And the, the golf was fun. It is interesting. I don't know if it's a great, well, I mean, it's probably good for practicing in the winter here because you can't really go out anywhere else. But yeah, it was, it was interesting. Uh, I don't know that I would make it a regular thing for me. It was just kind of a, I haven't been there. Wanted to check it out. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have, we have... I have one other thing real quick. Oh, I know yes, it's been please. forever. <laughs> no, We've yeah. already spent a total... This one, we can tie it in because it's a good uh, hiddenness of God kind of story, but... Oh, yeah. I came across the story of John Jones. 
and Nutty Putty Caves. Oh, Who's yeah. John Jones and Nutty Putty Caves. I know I've heard Nutty Putty Caves The before. dude that, are you talking about the, the guy that's body who's still sealed in it? Yeah. So 2009. Yeah. So it's old, but Nutty Putty, like, don't let the name fool you. That place is fucking horrific if you get stuck. Is it Nutty? Yeah, I guess, but it's. Is it here? Is it in Utah? Yeah, yeah it's in it's Utah a, County. It's where, it's like kind of more of an advanced spelunking. It's, yeah, it's real, yeah. real tight channels and burrs that you have to squeeze your body through. And what is, what was this guy's name? John Jones. John Jones. Okay. So uh, he was visiting, I think he was a med student and visiting his family for like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Mm hmm. And then uh, they decided to go out, and it was like nighttime, I think. But they decided to well, go, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're going into a cave. You can't yeah. see anyways. <laughs> yeah, it it's probably going to be dark in there. <laughs> Don't go in at the time of day. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so he, they, him, and his brother decided they wanted to go off and go look for a place called the Birth Canal, which is a real long stretch. That's was it like 18 inches yeah. across or something? They call them, oh, they call birth canals in caves, birth canals for a reason. Cause you have to like tuck and squeeze your shoulders. And yeah. once you get in, you usually can't go backwards and you just got to kind of like inch by like inchworm your way through this little fucking cavern to drop out the other it's side. It's making my palms a little sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> and my butt and my, my lungs a little tight. I've, I've done yeah. it a couple times and yeah, it's. I'm not, <sighs> I, I don't. I'm not really claustrophobic, but thinking about right. something like that makes me a little anxious for sure. Yeah, yeah. Totally. My number one thought in doing that was always, don't want to get stuck, and I don't want my batteries to die. Yeah. Because yeah. you lose your light. It's like we would do. We would turn our lights off in them and be like, oh, I'm like, I've never seen anything this dark. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like crazy. It's really, it's super, super dark. Yeah. Like, we're <laughs> in the middle of a rock, literally. <laughs> so he got going around toward the birth canal. And took a left instead, instead of a right, one of the forks, and ended up in a place called Ed's Push, where there's not really a lot of, it's not, it's not all charted, mm-hmm. um, just where Ed went, apparently. <laughs> but he got off on this finger and then went through a waist-high hole that was about the size of a washing machine opening. Mm-hmm. And he went about 20 feet into that and then it goes down and he can't turn around or anything at this point. Cause it's so narrow. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah. <clears throat> so he's looking down in this, into this crack and he thinks that he, it opens up underneath there. So he'd be able to get his body turned around and then come back the other way, mm. but it didn't. So he went in and it was about 10 and a half inches, this crack. And he got in there. And got stuck. So he couldn't get in all the way. So he took, so he breathed out really far to get it, compress his ribs and then push through. And then he was locked in and, uh, his headlamp fell off. So he's in the dark alone. Jesus. And upside down being squeezed and stuck there. So they, they called in emergency crews and all that. And, uh, they, they brought in ropes and pulleys and all this different kind of stuff, but they actually couldn't bring him up because the way that the roof was angled, they'd have to break both of his legs to pull him back. And because he'd already been, by the time they got to that point, he'd already been in there like 17 hours 
and they thought that shock would shock of breaking his legs would probably just kill him at this point. Well, he probably didn't have a whole lot of blood flow. His legs right. were probably pretty dead and numb totally. at that point. Right. Because his heart's having to work against gravity, yeah. which it doesn't do. So his face and his lungs started filling up with fluid, mm-hmm. you know, over time. And mm. he started sounding more nasal and as time went on and everything. But his brother was there with him. They were praying to the Mormon God. They yeah, were singing Jesus. hymns together. They were doing the whole, de- the whole deal. And he was in there for 29 hours or whatever and 28 hours and died. In the cave. And, and he's still there. He's still there. They could, they never got his body they out. So they sealed the cave off. Yeah. Like the whole cave or yeah. just that yeah. one? The whole cave. Oh, wow. Yeah. The whole entrance is concreted over now, but. So this is also a lesson for, if you don't know what the fuck you're doing, don't go do it. Cause yeah, you're going to no ruin shit. it for everyone else who enjoys stuff. <laughs> well, and what happened was a week earlier or no. So two, three years l- earlier in 2006, Someone got stuck and they pulled him out and then someone else got stuck a week later. So they closed the cave. Then they reopened it and it was open for a week. And then John got stuck and died. So then they just sealed it over. That really should be one of those things. You guys can't have nice things. Yeah. For some of those things, those caves like that, like they should be permitted. Like, Hey. Right. You've got to like, like, Hey, there's permitted climbs that you have to be a certain level of a climber in order to go climb it because it's that fucking dangerous. Some caves, people that enjoyed, and they, they should have the same system set up for that. Yeah. Because, yeah, the guy didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. Crazy. Yep. And then there was another, one other story about caver Floyd Collins in Kentucky way back in 1925, who had, got, had the same situation. He got stuck and no one could pull him out. Oh, you know, over days and days he was in there. He was in there a long time because they could feed him, actually. But uh, still... You weren't thinking about wedging yourself in a cave for suicide, were you? No. <laughs> no. That'd be miserable. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I think I'd rather drown yeah. than yeah. getting stuck for... Well, the guy in the putty cave did drown. Yeah, on, sort In of, his yeah. own fluids. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. I mean, so yeah, be very careful, people. And also, prayer apparently doesn't work yet it's again. bullshit. Yeah. Wow. I, holy geez. Okay. So we have, we have some newsy stuff that we'll cover in the, yeah. in the little bit of time we got left for the show. Maybe <laughs> we'll go a little longer tonight. Maybe. Okay. We'll, we'll see what we get to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll do that in a minute. Hi, this is Regina Tippett. I'm a licensed professional counselor. You can find me at Secular Therapy Project or rctcounseling.com. And you're listening to The Godless Revolution. You tell them that I may not be back tomorrow, but I will return like an angry Jesus, raining down blood and filth and terror on all those who betrayed me. Classic Jesus. You mess with his money, he fucks you right up. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! Alright, we've been talking about our brains and stuff and junk. Yeah. And I saw this earlier, and it made me question what other people think in their own heads, because... I've never really given this specific 
subject much thought myself. Like this is new to me. I just saw this today. Uh, this is just somebody's blog, Ryan Andrew Langdon, his, his blog Uh inside my mind. And this post says today, I learned that not everyone has an internal monologue and it has ruined my day. He doesn't like talking to himself. (laughs) Well, apparently some people have an internal monologue Yeah, and some people do not. Uh, so there's this tweet that, that leads this and it says, fun fact, some people have an internal narrative and some don't as in some people's thoughts are like sentences they hear. And some people just have abstract nonverbal thoughts and have to consciously verbalize them. And most people aren't aware of the other type of person. So when you guys are just doing something, do you have a running monologue in your head? Like, is it? Is it almost like you hear your thoughts in your own voice or oh, yeah. is it just images? Just like what, what is, what is the process in your guys's brains? Like I talk in my own head. Like if I'm doing something, if I'm working on something, if I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking about stuff, I think it through in my head and just like I would think it out loud, but I don't verbalize it, which is why sometimes my conversations are fucked up because I'll mentally think about half of it <laughs> and then start talking to you and you have no clue what was going through my mind the last 10 minutes. Uh-huh. So yeah, I talk to myself in my head all the time. I thought that was normal. Well, in the way this, the way this is constructed, the way this blog post is written, it makes it sound like people or some people like hear a voice in their head almost. And that's not really what happens in my head. What What about you, Matt? Mm, mine's pretty much like what he describes. Yeah, that you that you like hear something. It's it's yeah, because, well, like a verbal. It's not quite hearing because it's all internal. But yeah, yeah. There's def. It's definitely verbal. It's like a almost like a ticker, you know, of just words. Yeah. Like if I need to think about something, like if I'm watching a program and I want to th- like, oh, I got this idea in my head and I need to think about it real quick. I have to pause the TV because I can't watch the TV and think about something in my head the same. Like I won't hear the TV. I'll hear my own. I think that's something yeah. else. Thoughts. Like I can't <laughs> concentrate on both. But I was taking his thing to be like, okay, if I'm taking measurements, this being like. In my head, I will go, oh, that's 23 inches this way, and that's 40 inches this way. I was taking to saying there's people that could that can't do that in their head, and they just go, okay, so that's 20 inches, and that's 30 inches. So instead of doing it mentally, hearing it in your own head, they're doing it out loud. Well, yeah, and how if they, if the, if they see abstract things in their mind, how do they get to 20 inches by 30 inches? They just, like, oh, this one's going to be triangle and square over here, or whatever, like, that doesn't make sense. Like I, I was taking, they don't say it. They don't talk in their head. They say everything out loud. Or is, am I mistaking the way he's phrasing this? Well, let me, let me read more of the blog post. Maybe okay. it'll make a little more sense. So it says my day was completely ruined yesterday when I stumbled upon a fun fact that absolutely obliterated my mind. I saw this tweet yesterday that said, not everyone has an internal monologue in their head all my life. I could hear my voice in my head and speak in full sentences as if I was talking out loud. I thought everyone experienced this, so I did not believe that it could be true at that time. Literally, the first person I asked was a classmate of mine who said she cannot, quote, hear her voice in her mind. Okay. 
I asked her if she could have a conversation with herself in her head. And she looked at me funny, like I was the weird one in this situation. (laughs) (laughs) So I began to become more intrigued. Most people I asked said that they have this internal monologue that is running rampant throughout the day. However, every once in a while, someone would say that they don't experience this. Okay. And for me, like, as I move throughout the day, it is like there's an internal monologue running where I'm thinking things that I don't say out loud. And like you said, sometimes it's like, I have to, I have to consciously think, did I say what I was thinking earlier or, or and I, and I ask people that all the yeah. time, right? Like, oh, did I, so I was thinking earlier about this thing. Did I say that out loud or did I just think about it? That's the way it is for me with conversations. Cause I'll think about something. Then I'll just start a conversation being like, oh yeah, I didn't say that out loud. That was all. That was all head. up in here. Yeah. So you're only getting half of my brain thoughts right now. And it makes no fucking sense. (laughs) Uh, The the rest of the blog says uh, my life began to slowly spiral out of control with millions of questions. How do they get through the day? How do they read? How do they make decisions between choice A and choice B? My friend described it as concept maps that she sees Hmm? in her brain. Another friend said that she literally sees the world in her head if the words. Words. If, oh, yeah. Literally sees the words in her head if she is trying to think about something. Huh. I was taking ibuprofen at this point in the day because my brain was literally <laughs> unable to comprehend this revelation. How have I made it 25 years in my life without realizing that people don't think like me? I posted a poll on Instagram to get a more accurate assessment of the situation. Would it really give you a more No. <laughs> Currently, 91 people have responded that they have an internal monologue. And 18 people reported that they do not have this. I began asking those people questions about the things that they experience, and it is quite different from the majority. I would tell them that I could look at myself in the mirror and have a full-blown telepathic conversation with myself without opening my mouth, and they responded as if I had schizophrenia. (laughs) (laughs) One person even mentioned that when they do voiceovers in movies of people's thoughts, they wished that it was real. So like when you, when you're watching a movie and they, they do the voiceover of somebody's internal monologue, apparently there are a lot of people that don't have that, that they see that on television or movies or whatever. They're like, well, that'd be kind of convenient if that's the way things worked. (laughs) I can't imagine it not not working working. that way. Yeah. Hmm. But also I find it weird when the person says like they can see the words in there. Like they're literally just like the words are in their brain. Like they see them. I'm like, I don't have that i do that you do yeah that's probably why i'm a good speller and you're not probably i'm fucking shit at spelling well and it may be it may be uh more of your artistic side too like Mm. that you can you can visualize a concept like you can you can actually see what you want to create in your head i i can't really translate that like if i'm working on a project i can kind of close my eyes and visually kind of go okay so that needs to go here and then I'll need to pull and do this to that. Then I got to do this to this. So I can visualize that way, more of an abstract way, but it's not like a clear, like, oh, that's exactly what it's going to look like in my head. Yeah. I still draw it out on paper, but I can kind of make a mental map in my head of the processes and what needs to be done where. Yeah. Well, this is, yeah, this, this is just interesting. He says, and to their surprise, they did, they did not know that the majority of people do, in fact, experience that echoey voice in their head that is portrayed in TV and film. Another person said that if they tried to have a conversation with themselves in the mirror, they would have to speak out loud because they oh. can't physically do it inside of their mind. That, that's just, that, that to weird. me sounds weird. Yeah. 
And so he started posting screenshots of these conversations on his Instagram and his inbox started to flood with people responding to his investigation. Many people were reassuring me that I was not crazy for having an internal monologue while others were absolutely mind blown as I was. Mm-hmm. People were telling me that I ruined their day and that they now <laughs> do not understand anything about life. Maybe you're all just a figment of my imagination, but regardless, yesterday made reality seem even more skewed. And there are some images of, of Messages, conversations yeah. that he had with different people. One of them is him saying, how do you read without saying the words in your brain? Be descriptive, please. And the person responds and says... I can see them in my head like I can read to myself silently, obviously, but when I'm reading, there are keywords from each sentence that I can see, and that's what I can retain. And he responds and says, I can straight up look at myself in the mirror and have a full-blown telepathic conversation with myself. Can you not do that? And the person responds, no. <laughs> if I need to have a convo with myself in the mirror, I have it out loud. I can't do that in my head. What? <laughs> that seems weird, right? And then he responds and says, okay, good night. Life is no longer what I thought it was. (laughs) Uh, So he says, how do they think? How does this affect their relationships, jobs, experiences, education? How How has this not been mentioned to me before? All of these questions started flooding my mind. Can those people without the internal monologue even formulate these questions in their mind? If they can, how does it happen if they don't hear their voice? I mentioned earlier that I was spiraling out of control. Well, as I write this and as I hear my own voice in my head, I am continuing to fall down the rabbit hole. Whether people have just different definitions of their thoughts or if people literally don't have an internal monologue, there's one thing that we do know. You will definitely get a headache if you keep thinking about this. (laughs) Just trying to wrap my head around it is causing irreversible brain damage. (laughs) I suggest asking people around you what they experience. If you are one of the few that do not have this internal monologue, please enlighten me because I still do not understand life anymore. Send help. Yeah, I figured everybody mm-hmm. had their own little internal brain monologue stuff li- going the on. The little homunculus, right? The thing, the yeah. thing behind the wheel that's yeah. driving the that's driving your mind. But then I also wonder if there's some part of the brain that we do that in, and if some people didn't have it developed the same way, and that's why they don't do that, or if they just like they say, I don't know how to do that. It's like talk just without out not out loud. <laughs> like just do it in your head. Well, and, and so I, I started looking at, at this a little bit more online and I ran across something, um, I should have, I should have tried to make a note of where it was and exactly Uh, what it was, but it was something along the lines of, you know, this, this is something that is often found, uh, in people with various forms of psychopathy that they, they don't have a running internal monologue and so they run into situations where like, and, and they'll mix things up in their mind that then translates into reality. So they'll put a baby in the oven without even really thinking about it. Like it's just, they're thinking, baking something and they, or were they they thinking, what would it be like with a baby in the oven? Yeah. It's just like signals get crossed and they don't, it's not even a, a conscious thing for them that they're doing something wrong. It's just, this is the way things are done. You put hmm. the baby in the oven, you set it to 350. <laughs> That's like, it's not, it's for, for some of them, it's not a conscious thing. It's just, there's something wrong in their brain that gets signals mixed and confused and leads to them doing something horrific Yeah, that 
you know, later when people explain it to them or they realize what they've done, it's like, holy shit, how could I have possibly done that? And I think everybody's done something like that a little, not like I've never put a yeah, putting a baby in an oven, but yeah. where you just, you get a, you get a signal crossed. There's, there's something in your mind that gets like where, warped or twisted. Where and I you, put the cereal in the fridge and the milk in the uh, right, Yeah. Yeah. Just something, <laughs> something as simple as that, where there's a signal that's crossed somewhere mm-hmm. and yeah, it was, and they, they said that, you know, whatever this other thing was that I was reading was that oftentimes um, you know, if that happens a lot, it could be an indication of some form of psychopathy hmm. where hmm. you have, you have a defect in your brain that leads you to do things that it's not that you're doing them out of malice. It's just, you have no idea that what you're doing is even wrong. Like hmm. it's, it's not something that is a part of your internal framework for thinking about how you move throughout the world. Those people shouldn't have driver's licenses. <laughs> uh-huh. They're the ones that end up driving the wrong way on the interstate, not knowing how they got there. Yeah. Well, and it's, it was one of those things that, that led me back to our discussions on, uh, free will and determinism. Like how can you, how can anybody say that you have free will when you're not the author of most of the thoughts that are going on in your head all the time. Right. You have this constantly running internal monologue that you're not really in control of. You're, you're, you're a passive observer for a lot of it. Like thoughts just pop into your head. You don't choose to think them. They just, they just appear out of nowhere and become part of the stream of consciousness of your life that you're not driving. They're just, they just pop in and out of your head. I know where most of mine come from. (laughs) <laughs> They're called YouTube rabbit holes. Uh-huh. You start watching too many crazy videos on YouTube, you start thinking about them. Yeah. Hmm. I just thought it was interesting. It's one of those things that I saw earlier today <laughs> and is. I was like, that's Yeah, I never really to think about that I something that I've never I've never contemplated before. Like right. I did not know this was a thing. I didn't either. And so it was just kind of interesting to me. There's lots of other news going on, but we're out of time. Uh, real briefly, the impeachment stuff is in their third day of questioning, I think, today. And they just wrapped up yeah. while we were sitting here. Um, there was apparently a little kerfuffle, some confusion there toward the end that resulted in... Uh, Nadler getting up there? And Gerald Nadler pushing shit basically aside. offering closing remarks for the House impeachment managers and this is after he got up and started walking to the podium and adam schiff was going jerry 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 no jerry (laughs) like he did not want gerald nedler to go up there i don't know exactly what the circumstances were but that was kind of interesting uh i think tomorrow maybe they will be possibly voting on whether they're going to allow additional witnesses and evidence and it is maddening to me to sit and watch and listen to all of these questions and hear the Republicans try to put up a, a defense for the president that they are either all fucking stupid, like, like literally fucking stupid. And I don't understand how they arrived at the, <laughs> at their location on the Senate floor to even talk about this, who dressed them, who tied their shoes, how did they arrive there? Or, they are so thoroughly and completely corrupt and that they think everybody else is as stupid as they look. Oh yeah. 
they're, they're that. I mean, because they offer defenses of the president that are mutually exclusive and con- and self-contradictory. The arguments that they're making contradict other arguments that they make. And it, it start- and they don't seem to have any issue with that. Yeah. And it started off as, no, he didn't do that. He didn't pressure Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Then it was, no, read the manuscripts. Uh, see, Ukraine says they weren't pressured to, well, he, he might have asked them to do the investigation. Yeah, but there's no problem with that to, yeah, he asked them to do the investigation. There was a quid pro quo involved, but he's a president and he's trying to do what's best for the country. One of the defenses that I heard earlier today offered by uh, fucking Dershowitz was that if the president believes he is acting yep. in the best interest of the country, he can do whatever he, he wants. wants. And if, and if <laughs> he thinks, like, how in the fuck does that work? Yeah, I think he's, he's basically exactly what he said was if the president thinks that him getting reelected is what's best for this country. He can do that however he wants. Then, then whatever he does in is furtherance of that, that belief is perfectly fine. Cause it's for the betterment of the country. Yeah. Which is fucking bizarre. Yeah. Like if the president believes that if he murdered all of his political opponents, it would be better for the country. According to Dershowitz, that would be fine. That is wacko. Yeah. But it's been arguments like that. It, and, and. I don't know. They just, they are so fucking full of shit for a lot of the defenses that they're trying to offer that it's, it's really frustrating to sit or and listen to them do it over and over and over again. Or just like, we can't have a Supreme court nominee during an election year. Now, apparently we can't have an impeachment during an election year. Yeah. And, and their whole, yeah, that was the, that was one of the main items of focus today is, well, we have an election in nine months from now, and you're trying to decide the outcome of this election through this impeachment process and deny the American people their vote. You're, you're, th- this is, you're trying to unwrite history and remove this president from being the duly elected representative of the people, and you're doing it before the election in hopes that it will affect the outcome of the election. And it's like, motherfucker, that's why we're, we're here, here, because he was doing what you're yeah. saying they're doing now. He was trying to influence the outcome of the upcoming election. By having another country open a fake investigation into his opponent. Yeah, and now you're saying that we should hold off on everything that's going now until after the election that he was trying to fucking rig himself for himself. The The reason we're doing it now is because it was uh, tied to the election that's coming up. What the fuck are you trying to sell me? Are you trying to say that if the president is working to corrupt our elections system in favor of himself that we should wait until, (laughs) until he accomplishes that or fails. Like the whole deal is that he was trying to fuck with the election. That's why we're doing it now in the first place. We shouldn't wait until after he's muddied the waters and tried to fuck up the election. Like that's not how this should work. You stupid duplicitous fucking asshole. So there's that. There's the coronavirus. Yeah. A lot of people thought it was just uh, something you'd get from having too many beers. but And people actually, I thought I thought that was a joke when I saw it. I'm like, no, people actually thought it had to do with corona. <laughs> like, you people the are coronavirus, fucking dumb. Those, those dirty corona bottling facilities get a virus uh, from there. 
it just lets you know that people believe memes way too much. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the I I'm I'm kind of on the fence about satire sites because some are really good. Some are <laughs> Yeah, and it, and it's good and there's some satire that's absolutely brilliant, but in today's age of low information voters and people just who don't check a lot of stuff, it can be also very dangerous. And that's not the fault of the person writing the satire, but I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that's a, a philosophical discussion we could have someday in the future. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. And if it's a bad thing, who to blame? We blame our education system who has lacked us sure. to yeah. uh, teach critical thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what else? Oh, there was part of the wall. Yeah. That blew Fell down. down into Mexico. Uh-huh. <laughs> so now we're just... Is Mexico going to pay for that <laughs> now? Is, and this is this is part. This isn't just an aged part of the wall that fell this over. This is one of the new, new parts. Yeah, this is where they were replacing an older section of the wall. They had been standing for a long time. Yeah, with a new part that was set into concrete, but the wind picked up and blew the 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 bit of fence down over into Mexico because the concrete hadn't set yet. And my first thought when I saw that was, you know, we've got people like. Franklin Graham and Rick Wiles and all of these other, you know, dipshit religious right-wing nutbags who say things like, oh, well, tornadoes and tsunamis and floods and hurricanes, all of this is is God, you know, exerting his will on on the rest of us humans because the gays or the transgenders or whatever they, whatever minority they want to pick on, you know, the, the minority du jour and... I thought, well, why don't they look at this and see, well, God controls the wind and he just blew down this fence maybe that God the Orange Menace is trying to put up. Like, maybe God's trying to send you a sign that fence isn't Border the way to go. But no, they'll never think about that because it doesn't fit their internal narrative. If if they have one, they might not. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Well, that's, uh, Trump has a Twitter narrative. That's all, that's all I've got for this evening. Uh, I'm really glad to see you guys. Yeah. yeah. I, I hope I'll see you both next week. <laughs> you will see both of us next week. Uh, will, I, will I see you both next week? Uh, yeah, probably. Hopefully. Okay. <laughs> good. 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 I have a doctor's appointment on Wednesday, so. May I, I think maybe I should schedule a doctor appointment. Yeah, you should. For myself as well. Uh, before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. Because you guys are awesome. Mm-hmm. We appreciate your patronage ever so much. We don't mind you patronizing us at all. You can patronize me all day. Yeah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, start things off with Alan Firth. Christy Kalbach. Gay atheist. Steven Andrus. Let the meat go feffy. Two skeptical chaps. Vanessa. <laughs> don't be a Richard. Nico Gonzalez. Ollie Olson. Utah Outcast. Wes Aaron. Jeremy Goodson. Brandy Hamrick. Megan Kennedy. Jeff Peterson. Arthur Grishwald? Gishwind. Gishwind. I think that's how you say it. I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Send us us a note with how we should be pronouncing your last name if we're doing it incorrectly. Is that G-S-C-H? Yeah, G-S-C-H-W-I-N-D. Gishwind. Gishwind. Okay. Gishwind. Gishwind? Gishwind. Yeah. Megan Mitchell. Who won the prize? Yay. And we're going to have another prize thing uh we'll say the let's say the the third person who contacts us 
third. Yes. That way you don't know. Like ah. you just have to send us in a thing. And if you're the third person, you'll win a prize. And if okay. you're not the third person, I will say, sorry, you're not the third person. Okay. But Megan won the prize from the last yeah. show. She gets a, a nice uh, Chromecast Ultra. Yeah. 4K. Super duper. It's very nice. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to make a beer mug for a listener. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'll, I'll get cracking on that. Ryan's cool that way. So who went last? Uh, Matt did. It's me, Janet Uter, Savita Kuna, Andrew Vodopich, Taylor Grin, Purple Dragon, Captain Samples, Freethinker215, and most Islak support the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and Corey Ebert. Thank you all very, very much. And so until next week, crucify those dark thoughts, banish them forever, go and see somebody, talk about it, try to get yourself better. Taco about it. Taco about yeah. it. Why don't you, uh, Go hug yourself, then leave us a review. <laughs> <laughs> and rate the show five times a day toward the Los Angeles Nakers. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> Go and Google it up. Go and Google it up. It's a type of, fr- it's frozen. You got to oh, get yeah. it really cold to freeze dry something. Well, no, it's, it's, you, the, the killer's not going to freeze dry a poop. For you but to... if you have a froze drying turd on hand, a froze drying, a freeze dry turd on hand, ready to go. Wait, what's the scenario? <laughs> oh, you got a guy with a gun in your head and saying, you must eat your dog's shit or I'm going to kill you. Do oh, you want it hot or do you want but it cold? He, well, then he... death, of course. I, I said that too, but it wasn't an option. Well, no. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, I guess it is an option, but you have to eat one of the poops, either the cold poop. Or the or the warm poop or the hot poop, like there's no there's no way the hot there's nothing you can do about the hot poo that makes it okay. With the frozen one, you can at least bite off like a little bit at a time, right? And swallow them in chunks. You don't have to chew. You can just get it down. But the well, hot the frozen one's gonna one, yeah. The hot yeah the hot one's gonna be mushy and it's gonna be like you know squishing through your teeth. Well, but then but I mean with a hot one you could probably just. Like put it in your mouth and swallow the, if it were frozen, you'd have to either let it melt in your mouth or chew it enough that it starts to melt in your mouth. And that's going to end up in your teeth too. I say it's still not anywhere near. It's not going to have as much flavor. There's only one way to find out. Be less savory for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Next time the Mormon. (laughs) Only mildly like Marmite. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) next time the missionaries come by, Uh ask them and then make them do it. (laughs) <laughs> you know we've we've been we've been wondering some this. pretty some pretty philosophical deep thoughts down in my basement here mm-hmm. yep maybe you can help us out being that you're men of god and probably have answers to so, life uh, to life's pressing dilemmas dog shit oh i apologize dog poop frozen <laughs> <laughs> um, or not frozen that is the question either way yeah cold or hot, you'll be eating less shit shit than religious people swallow on a daily basis.